Hello, Tile friends. Welcome back to another Friday edition of the Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Miller, your host. And today we have a, a subject that was based on my, my reality, which was just a week ago. So it's fresh in my mind and I did want to talk about it. I have some business lessons learned from Hurricane Ian, and that's just how my mind works. Every time I'm in a situation, I was at a concert about two months ago, and the whole time I was thinking about business and different experiences I had that night and how they related to business. And I in no way, shape, or form mean to uh, offend anybody whose live, uh, lives were lost. There was uh, potentially hundreds of lives lost and homes lost during this tragic uh, category four, close to a category five hurricane Ian, which which made landfall about uh, 100 miles south of us. And throughout the whole process, it was un unclear. And uh, first it was going to land in Tampa. And at one point, as you'll see, it was going to come right through our town. And then, of course, it ended up landing south of us. So during the whole process, it was a stressful process. It was uh, a lot of preparation and a lot of um, kind of uncertainty, you know, and I thought, you know, it reminds me of being a business owner. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty and there are storms. There are hurricanes, you know, that business owners face, whether that be uh, economic hurricanes like depressions or recessions and uh, or whether that be employees or um, maybe mistakes made on the job that business owners ultimately want to and have to fix. Or maybe you need to look internally, you know, maybe it's your own ego uh, and you're experiencing a hurricane, a bit of a, a personal storm, you know, maybe it's in your own life and it's impacting your business. There are so many different human experiences like Hurricane Ian that all business owners are going to have to uh, go through. And so as a podcaster, I thought, you know, Something I can do is attempt to pull out a few business lessons, and I'd like to start a conversation. If you'd like to add to this conversation, you know, put it up in the comments wherever you're watching this, and we can discuss it. And so let's get right into it. The first business lesson I learned with living through my first hurricane, Hurricane Ian, uh, was to prepare as much as you possibly can. And understand, and, and the reason I say possibly, you know, prepare as much as possible while you can, rather, is because understand that there comes a point in, in the storm. And in California, when, when we had a storm, it was earthquakes. And you can't, there's nothing you can really do to prepare for an earthquake. Well, a hurricane is a different story. You can see it coming, you know, and we could say, yeah, we don't know when a, when a recession is going to hit. But do we really? I mean, we have a history of recessions that hit, you know, typically within a decade, you know, within under, sometimes under a decade. And so being that the economy has been so great for so long, we understand, you know, that there's a recession coming. It's just a fact of uh, history. You know, you can't change history and you certainly can't change uh, the future. But what you can do is prepare as much as possible. We're going to talk about some of the ways you can prepare, you know, as a business owner, you can prepare by being financially sound, having cash assets, having having assets that you own, you know, not the bank. This will help you to weather any sort of, it, you know, it won't guarantee 
it won't guarantee, but if you have six months of uh, livable assets, even as a, even if you're an employee, you know, if you have three months, six months of assets in the bank to get you by without a job, without a career, you know, if you're a sole proprietor, you're basically an employee that is very vulnerable to life circumstances. Maybe you're into skiing or snowboarding or, or motorcycles, or maybe just driving down the road. You might find yourself in a situation where you need to spend some time resting in bed, you know, unfortunately, knock on wood, I hope that doesn't happen to anybody. But being that we are a tight family, we know from time to time, we start fundraisers, GoFundMe's for business owners. And the fact of the matter is, every business owner, it's it's up to you to, uh, to uh, um, assess the risk of being a business owner and to really you know, fortify your business while you can. And certainly in these good years, like I talked about a decade or more of profitable years, and you're all telling me you're, most of you are very profitable right now. And with good reason, there's a lot of work out there and not a lot of workers. And so you're making a lot of money. Are you preparing for potential downturns? Are you preparing for the economy to, to uh, switch? Are you talking to the, if you're young and you've never experienced a recession, this might be your first one coming up. Are you giving due respect to, as some of us call, the dinosaurs? I don't know if I fit in that category or not, um, but do you like to, you know, talk to and, and, and really extract information uh, from people who have lived through one, two, or more recessions as a business owner? You know, prepare as much as you can while you can, because that hurricane, I'll tell you what, I prepared as much as I could but at some point I had to acknowledge that I'm in, I'm done, I'm not moving unless if the hurricane moves me because it's not safe to go outside of your house during a hurricane and for a recession, you know, in, earth, in, in California, they say when there's an earthquake, get outside of your house, that's the safest spot. During the hurricane, stay inside, stay inside. But during a recession, the safest thing to do is obviously to keep working, but understand, you know, be flexible and have that fat savings account if you can at all possible. You know, own your tools, own your vehicles, own as much as you can um, if you if you can foresee a potential storm, which I would say, and I'm not a fear-based person, you know, so when it came to prepping my house, most of the prep of my house, because we're eight miles inland from the ocean, most of the prep of my house was done you know, at my wife's uh, really asking me to, and my understanding, you know, with a child and just common sense, it wouldn't hurt. So I ran out and I got a couple sheets of plywood. I cut them up for about four out of the eight, seven or eight windows I think we have. That way I was, you know, prepared. I had some, the, the windows that were most exposed were gonna be boarded up. Um, but I made some mistakes and we're gonna talk about a couple of those mistakes. I wanted to show you this hurricane. And the reason why I say, you know, um, things change you know, at some point now, this hurricane was originally predicted to go up to Tampa. At some point that changed. And this was about, I think, 24 hours. This the screenshot on from my app was taken 24 hours. You can see if you can see that blue dot, that's me. And that and those threes are a hurricane three three hurricane predicted to come right through my house. Essentially, <laughs> the the one the one hurricane dot is is uh, halfway covering up my blue dot, which is my house. And so about 24 hours. I was actually preparing. I was at the hardware store picking up some some leg bolts, uh, some Tapcons for my uh, for my shutters for my plywood, and I opened the app, and lo and behold, it had moved from Tampa, from hitting Tampa on, which is you know uh, 60 miles north of us or so, uh, which would have put us on the south end, which I didn't know at the time, but that was uh, the south end is the worse end than the north. Well, what eventually happened was later that day it shifted and they were predicting it 
to come through Fort Myers, which is about 90 miles south of us. And that's, that's where it stayed. But once I saw that it went from Tampa to me to Fort Myers, I knew that anything could happen. And so that's when I started kind of waking up a little bit more and understanding that anything can happen. And when it comes to uh, recessions and your business, understand that anything can happen. And the best thing you can do is to just be prepared for the worst case scenario, if, if you possibly can, you know, plan for the worst possible outcome is the next business lesson to learn from this. Because had I just taken, you know, and, 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 and here's the reality of the situation. We were spared. We were very fortunate. Um, um, but the preparation we did allowed us to control our anxiety during the storm. It allowed us to feel secure and it allowed us to understand, you know, um, that we were, we were happy that we spent maybe 500 extra dollars on plywood and food and spent some time making food to warm up and spent some time, you know, I mean, we, we're never going to run out of water in this house just because of the type of water filters I have on hand. Um, I, I, you know, water and food, my wife woke me up in the middle of the night and she said, I'm worried. And I started listing all the food we had. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? This food stuff, there's a hurricane coming. I said, you know what? We might have to hunker down, but that's my motivation. That's what gets me out of bed is food. And uh, knowing, you know, if you ever want to motivate me, uh, invite me out to a nice meal. <laughs> but really plan for the worst possible outcome in your business. And, and, you know, not to now some people take this to extremes. And, you know, I want to caution there's a time to plan and, and prepare. Um, but if that's going to engulf you as a person and really you're preparing for the zombie apocalypse, sometimes that can be a distraction in itself to the business owner. I remember during the 2008 financial crisis, I really got involved with, pre with preparation and probably took it a little bit too far at times. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, there's balance in everything, right? There's balance in everything. So, uh, like I say, with your business, can you, uh, do you have a, a net profit account that you don't touch? The government doesn't touch it. Your business doesn't touch it. The business owner, your wife, whoever, they don't touch it. It's not for you to touch until maybe it is, which might be a decade. You know, maybe it's five years. You know, then you're like, okay, there's a, a lot in there. I'm going to do something with some of it. I'm going to invest some of it back. But do you have six months, 12 months, three months of security in your net profit account? You know, a lot of people I talk to on Facebook and, and other places, they'll tell me, Luke, we're doing great. I make half a million. I make a million. And so I start to, to have a conversation with them. And I start typically the way it goes is they quiet down, they quiet down because they start, I, I start to show them you didn't make half a million. You didn't make a million. That's revenue. That's top line. You know, that's what you sold. Let's get to the bottom line. Let's get to your profit in your bank that nobody's going to touch, not the IRS, not anybody, because you have all these different bank accounts. You know, maybe you took to heart profit first for contractors. I've interviewed Sean Van Dyke. Maybe you have 12 bank accounts. Good for you. That's preparation. That's pre pre preparing for the worst possible outcome. That's smart business, you know? And so from the hurricane, that's, the, that's one of the top business lessons I learned was, to, you know, business owners have to be thinking about the worst possible outcome. And of course, balance that with not allowing the fear to overtake you, of course. Now, measure twice and cut once. Now, hey, th that's, a, that's a work saying, Luke. What are you talking about? 
that's something we all should know. Don't leave that advice at the saw though. You know, that goes way beyond the saw for business owners. And for myself, this is a lesson I'm still learning. I, I, I found myself the day before the hurricane, when I was supposed to be at home putting up shutters, I found myself, I think three or four trips to the hardware store simply because I thought I had the right tap cons. I thought I had the, the right, you know, uh, bits. But when I went and actually got into the work, I, I, I miscalculated, you know, I didn't measure twice and cut once. I ended up measuring once and running to the store two or three times when I really should have only been there once that day to the hardware store that is. And so you can see how this needs to roll over into everything you think about your business. When it comes to bids, when it comes to estimating the, the price you're going to charge, a lot of us will debate. Should it be square foot? Should it be day rate? How do you come up with your, your price to charge for tile installation? Have two. Have two different methods is my, has always been my advice on this podcast. You know, uh, square foot method, it, it works for a lot of people and it's a good method. Day rate, it's a great method and it works for a lot of people and it, and it won't let you down. Run your numbers if you're uncertain, run them both ways. No, no, you, you, you found your day rate, great. Now calculate the square foot and what that's equaling to because there might come a day when you need to, you know, uh, give a rough estimate, square foot's, you know, gonna be quicker on that or maybe day rate would be quicker. Um, but before you send that, before you send that estimate off, make sure you've ran it a couple different ways and understand what it is. You know, that's solid business advice. That's something that applies beyond the saw. And then the other lesson here I wanted to get into now was post hurricane, some, a couple lessons post hurricane, because after the storm in your business passes, you might find yourself discombobbled. You know, a, a storm like the Hurricane Ian really threw me off my routine. It threw me off my diet. Of course, it threw me off my sleep. I found myself awake every hour checking the weather the night before the storm to understand where it was coming. And um, a business storm, when you experience a storm in your business, something that disrupts your business, there's going to be a period of time afterwards where you're, you know, you're not sure what to do. Maybe you're not sure where to expend your efforts. You know, it, maybe you're shaken up. Maybe you're experiencing depression. Maybe you're exhausted. All of these things are uh, a reality of anybody who lives through a natural disaster like Hurricane Ian or like a flood or like an earthquake. And the same principles apply to the business owner. When something uh, rough happens in your business and, and there's a storm, a hurricane blows through your business, it, it is damaging to the business owner, to your mindset, possibly to your, um, to your routine. And so post-hurricane, the best thing to do is to, first of all, assess the damage and then when you're comfortable and, and when you can mentally and physically get right back to work, you know, take some time to uh, analyze how much damage was done to your business and, and uh, whatnot. And then the, the thing to do, in, in all honesty, is to get right back to work. And I noticed that from my fellow neighbors who, you know, have lived here longer. They didn't fart around, you know, they were back to work the next morning. As soon as the, the wind had died down and the sun was out, 
and it wasn't uh, coming down with, with uh, raining cats and dogs and whatnot. We got back to work around here. We pitched in. We helped each other out where we could. And it's really important to do that and have a personal routine. I always say a business owner, I mean, it's done the world of difference in my personal life and in my business life is to have a, a morning routine, a daily routine, if you can, to really know that, you know, I say that the first uh, in many, it's not just me, uh, and I'm standing on the backs of giants here that have came before me to say that your first couple hours in the morning, you know, that first hour is so critical. I, I leave my phone off. I do my meditation. I do my journaling. I do my book reading. I do a little bit of exercise in the house before anybody wakes up. That's my normal routine. And it really sets me up for a successful day. And so I found myself struggling because, like I said, I needed some extra sleep. But as soon as I could, I, I, I inched my um, wake up time from seven to six to now it's back to five. And that's my routine. And I, I'm comfortable staying there. Um, and, and it's a good routine for me personally. Have a routine that works for you. If you find that you're feeling negative every morning, you're, you're exhausted, try getting up early. Now, this might sound um, like, well, that doesn't make sense. I'm exhausted. Try, you know, 15-minute increments, and then when you get up early and your house is quiet, it should be quiet time. No, no cell phones, no negative information coming into you, you know, coming into your brain. It should just be your own thoughts for the day, you know, process. Years ago, before smartphones, we had hours to process things uh, with and, and live and, and be in our minds and come to understand things that were happening around us and process conversations. Nowadays, we're always on our phone and we've really lost that. So that's just my encouragement to you to um, have a morning routine and then after a storm, get back to your routine. Now, here's another lesson. Focus on what you can do. So by Saturday, I was already pretty much cleaned up. I mean, I had about a day of uh, half a day or a day of work left in my yard and some other projects that I had been letting go. But I wanted to run down to Fort Myers and see if I could pitch in. You know, it was a Sunday. It was going to be Sunday. So Saturday afternoon, I started talking about it. Well, what happened was uh, there was a flood. There was a levee that broke, and Highway 75 and 41 were both flooded. And that was Saturday afternoon. I thought, you know what? Instead of trying to fight the elements, and I, I, some of the folks were saying, don't come down yet because there's, and I think to this day, they're still doing search and rescue in some places um, and, and really, you know, the worst hit places. So I didn't want to be a looky-loo. I didn't want to add to the confusion. So I decided to focus on what I could do. I, I needed to do yard work. I have a smoker. I love smoking meat. And so I ran out and I got four eight-pound uh, Boston butts, pork butts, and I smoked them all day Sunday. And what I did is then I made pulled pork while I, while I was working, I was smoking my, smoking my meat. And, um, what I did was made pulled pork and I fed, I ended up on Monday, I ended up feeding like 25, 30 linemen that were in the neighborhood. I, I got with the lineman association, fed them a hot meal, right, right where the, in the neighborhood they were working. I ended up feeding, I think four to five families that I found on Facebook and I did what I could, you know, and that made me feel, and, and the reason, you know, is, uh, they say the floor, you know, people who live through hurricanes or natural disasters, they say the, the, the silver lining in all of it is the community building that happens afterwards. And so I did want to be part of that community building. And I still do, frankly, as someone who has lived through natural disasters, um, you know, growing up in the, in the Midwest in the Red River Valley, it was floods in this similar, you know, a lot of places were flooded. Um, but I, I'm, um, I, I remember, remember the joy that comes from helping people in need. 
And there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be years of cleanup down here in Fort Myers. And so what I'm going to do, I'm getting ready to leave to Texas here next week. But when I get back, probably in November, I'm going to organize or start, you know, getting in contact with the appropriate uh, authorities. And I'm going to run down there on my weekends, probably a day per weekend, um, maybe more if I can, and help out down there. And in fact, if there's a group of us, six of us or so, that want to organize a couple days of cleanup down there or pitching in however we can, you can join me. Text the word Ian to 844-446-7623. I have a local Facebook group, uh, Tampa Bay Tile, I believe it's called. I'll put the link in wherever you're watching or listening to this. And if you're in the area, you can join me and we'll go down there. It'll be good for the community. It'll be good um, networking opportunity and, and kind of encourage one another. And that's the silver lining in the storms. And that's the silver lining in your business. The silver lining in your business storms that you have to weather is you have to weather these. So it's a great, great, um, phenomenal learning opportunity. And that's the silver lining in business storms that come your way is, you know, it, it, if you weather the storm, take your licks, learn your lessons and move on, get back to work, you know, and focus on what you can do and focus on any of the positives you can. Now, again, if you want to comment on uh, something you learned from the hurricane or you want to, um, you know, maybe say, maybe correct me in something, you know, put the link in the comments and we'll have a conversation. If you feel like uh, I'm wrong in some of this, you know, let's talk about it. And if you want to let me know how I can improve on these videos, let me know in the comments. I always appreciate the feedback. That's it for today, Tile Friends. Have a fabulous weekend. I hope you get out and enjoy it with your families and uh, appreciate the time that you do have with them. If you have to work, hopefully it's very profitable for you. And I understand we all got to make hay while the sun shines. We'll talk to you later, Tile Friends. We'll talk at you next week. We've Oh, tomorrow's Saturday. If you're listening to this on Friday, tomorrow's Saturday, we've got a great, great interview coming out. It's a shorter interview, I think 15 minutes. You're definitely not going to want to miss that.